Welcome to the Connected Teamwork Podcast by Growth Leaders Network. How do we learn to truly thrive together? How do we stay connected to our authentic selves, each other, and our purpose as a team, especially when challenged? How do we unlock the deeper levels of group intelligence? Enjoy this episode of the Connected Teamwork Podcast and learn practical tools to evolve the connectedness of your team to its next level. Welcome and welcome back to the Connected Teamwork Podcast. Uh, we do this every Monday, and it's an ongoing practice of looking at connected teamwork. And today, I'm here with Robert Washington. Um, my name is Hilke Farber, and Robert is a senior leader in Microsoft. He is also a mixed martial artist, um, arts professional, and uh, a retired a Navy SEAL, and a father of six, and many other things that uh, we will discover in this podcast. Robert, I'm so glad you're here today. How are you today? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Uh, thank you so much for the introduction. I'll just clarify one thing. I'm not a Navy SEAL. I wish I was. I'm a, a Navy veteran, but I, I would never you know, say I was a Navy SEAL. Um, but uh, no, I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Um, happy to have this conversation, happy to help other people. That's what it's about. But I, so I appreciate the introduction. <laughs> and thank you, Robert, for being honest and helping to get things right from the beginning. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's wonderful. Um, the reason that we have this series of podcasts on Connected Teamwork is because we are very curious about how is it that teams deeply connect to each other to their purpose, to themselves, to each other, and also what happens, how you work through the moments of disconnection. Mm -hmm. That's what these conversations are for. And so I'm very happy that we have you here to, today, Robert, um, because whenever I speak with you and I hear uh, from you, I hear a lot of uh, self-discipline mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of dedication to everything that you were involved in, whether it's your work at Microsoft or whether it's being a husband or whether it's being a father to your six children or being in the community or whatever you're doing. So Robert, tell us a little bit about how you think about connectedness in a team. Like how do you build that? What is important for you when you think about building connectedness in a team? Wow, yeah. No, I love the question. Thank you so much, Oka, again. Uh, when I think about connectedness inside of a team, I think about first connecting with myself, right? So, you know, when I think about connectedness also, I think I think about relationships. Um, and it, like, for me, if we really think about how relationships impact our ability to connect, I feel personally that everything starts and ends with relationships. Like, for example, like, when you know, when you're in a good relationship with yourself, you feel good, you're more happy. When you're in a good relationship with others, you feel good, you're more happy. And vice versa. When you're not in such a good relationship with yourself or others, you might be sad or you know, maybe a little everything. So I think connectedness is really understanding ourselves to be able to open ourselves to be able to connect with other people. But it all starts and stops with relationships. 
So I, I usually, when I think about connecting with other people, like how do I connect with myself first? How do I understand my flaws so I can be aware of those flaws? I can pull back and I can, you know, I can I can evaluate myself to help me build better relationships with other people. So the connectedness and relationships go together because everything is kind of connected, but mm. relationships are important. I mean, so important. I think that's a step that we miss in our daily journeys is not being able to connect with ourselves so we can connect to others. Like, mm. I know my flaws. I know what I'm good and not what I'm not at. So now it helps me be almost an open vessel to others, right? Because I know mm. myself, right? Mm. That resonates and this step that's so easy to miss Mm -hmm. to connect with myself. Like it's so easy to say, oh, I'm going to connect with others. But if I'm not here, who is there to connect with? So say, say a bit more, Robert, about your own journey, about connecting to yourself and how do you put that in service to your relationship with others? Can you say more about that? Yeah, so my journey of connectedness to myself was a it was a roller coaster of a journey. <laughs> and I'm the type of person where I will break down a wall until I figure things out. And honestly, I found my purpose too, just given everything in my life that was in front of me at that moment, 120%. And that's kind of how I was able to find that connectedness within myself. So my journey started all the way back you know, born in poverty, you know, born in a very rough neighborhood, being able to, you know, when I woke up in the morning, my, my first intuition was like, how can I help other people? Right. And so after, after, you know, being born in poverty, you know, I joined the military for, for some time. And then I went to become a professional mixed martial artist, you know, traveling all over the world. And then each of these experiences, I learned a little bit more about myself. For example, me being born in poverty, I learned that I was pretty much pre-programmed to be a codependent. We all know what codependency. We sometimes we look at codependencies as a negative. In my mindset, I looked at it as a positive because my codependence, myself of being putting people first, made me a servant leader. Right? Mm-hmm. I've always looked at people's best interests, so that was programmed into me as a young child. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go back and do the work to find out, like what messages my mother was telling me to make me a codependent and why I'm a codependent. But most importantly, how do I change that, right? How do I trick my codependency to work for me instead of against me? Mm-hmm. Now, every day I wake up and I'm like, how can I help other people? So that to me helps me connect with other people, knowing that what other people look at as a, a curse, I look at it as a gift. It allows me to connect to other people because I'm going to continue to show up because it's not about me. It's about me building a relationship. So that was one component, like just knowing that codependency, born in poverty, waking up, having to be a man before you become a man. As a young boy, I had to feed my family. So I was born into this, this life of just giving back, right? Mm-hmm. But it was a blessing. It was a blessing. Now I learned like to create that balance and like take care of myself first so I can give back to others. Mm-hmm. So before I go too deep, I just want to stop there. But that was like, that was like a mark in my life where I was like, wow, this is so important to me. These codependency traits made me a great salesperson, a great leader, a great father. Now I just need to know how to balance that while I'm not giving too much and draining myself, right? Mm. Us, mm. us codependents, 
we can do that, right? Yes, yes, yes. How how do we find that balance? So that that was one of the first things I do is I did research on myself to understand why do I respond? Why when everybody calls me, I pick it up, pick up the phone right away. I don't care. No matter what, I'm picking up. I was programmed to be a codependent, but it was a blessing, not a curse. Mm. So you said I've done research on myself, right? So mm-hmm. tell us a bit more about that research. Because <laughs> once we know the re- about how you did it, we might be able to take some of that for ourselves. And, yeah. and how did that research help you to find balance, creating a healthy, dependent relationship with others that started with being grounded in yourself? How did yeah. you do that? So I actually stumbled upon research of myself. I wasn't purposely actively seeking research upon myself. Um, but like I said, when you give 110% to anything, you, you find a way when there's not a way, right? And so in 2016, I had a near-death experience while competing as a mixed martial artist. That compelled me to share my story to the world. Uh, and I share my story of, you know, not relying on other people's beliefs for you to keep going. And that, in that moment, you know, I started speaking, traveling all the world speaking after this near depth experience, sharing my story of how, you know, I was, I was frowned upon. I was looked down. I was oppressed my whole childhood. And eventually because I didn't take care of that stuff, it came back to haunt me in this image martial art fight. So when the fight, I was a big underdog and I listened to all the commentators and what happened, I overtrained myself to the point where I almost died in the cage. So when I share the story, it, it resonates to a lot of folks. And so after that moment, I said, okay, I'm, I'm traveling all over the world. I'm, I'm on stage and I'm speaking. I was like, how do I take this to another level? How do I scale this? I want everybody to get this message. But also I was thinking like, how do I make money also? So I wrote a book. And I, the crazy thing about this Helco is, I wrote the book with the with the goal of making money. What I didn't realize, that book wasn't about money. It was about me. Mm. When I wrote that book, I went into some, some places that I've never been. It forced me to go do research, not only with myself, but to my mom. I interviewed my mom. I interviewed my sister. I learned stuff about my childhood that I never knew. Now, this is something that, you know, I don't share that openly. But one of the things I, I knew when I was sitting down, and it's not even in the book, but I was sitting down and I was talking to my mom. I said, I remember me getting, you know, my stepdad. My dad's stepdad was a, a, a part of my life growing up. I said, I remember me getting, you know, spankings growing up. Mm-hmm. Was I a bad kid? She said, Robert, no, you wasn't a bad kid. You was actually a really, really, really well behaved good kid. She's like, he kind of just beat you for no reason. And, uh, so even in that moment, knowing that I was physically abused as a child, I wasn't, I wasn't mad. I was like, wow, I was happy because I knew I wasn't a bad kid, but I wasn't mad because if I would have let those negative thoughts kind of become who I am, or if I would let that person have become a victim of me, I would still be tied to that, that situation. So I was naive to the point that I was beat as a child. That would kept me to propel and move forward in life mm. because I was never a victim of that person or the situation. Mm-hmm. So, but I went and did even deeper and even deeper and even deeper. And I started learning more about myself as I wrote that book and I journaled that book with the goal of making money. But also what I was doing is I was building myself. I was understanding 
who I was as a person. And the consequences of me understanding who I was as a person, I was able to build better relationships. I was connect to other people and I made money that way, not by the book. So it was crazy that I went down this path to make money, but indirectly, I, I made more money because I was able to connect and build relationships with other people. And that that is so important. I think we miss that stuff. Like, yes. think about it. Our business goal is to go hit X revenue amount, but it all starts with relationships. All sales starts with relationships. All starts, all starts so why we're not, why don't we focus on building relationships with ourselves and building relationships with our team? And that's going to lead to more money. And I feel that a lot of people don't go that route because they don't see the quantifiable returns on the mm. self-mastery, the self-improvement, this journey that you have to go on to be a vessel and connect with other people. Beautiful. So that purpose, purposefully looking at relationship with others and self as primary purpose, as opposed to how will I make the next buck? Yeah. And, your and the other thing right that you. your purpose, I think our purpose is right in front of us. We seek purpose, it's within us. Yes, yes it's yes. right there within us. And if we start what's in front of us, I think everything else will align. Everything Just, the dots are gonna connect. Beautiful. It's so we often make it too complicated, is what I'm mm -hmm. hearing from you. It's like it's right here. The other thing I want to highlight in the story about like being beaten as a child that you said, or I'm interpreting, that you didn't take, therefore, the story that you were a bad child. Mm -hmm. No, you just observed that and actually saw that you could leave that behind and that you could embrace what you are, mm -hmm. which is a, a person that is enough, that is worthy mm -hmm. of love, that is good, that is strong, that has a lot to give. And that's the story from which you share what you share with others because um, you were able to disconnect with that. I am from that. I am very curious because you talk about this very sort of easily. It's like, oh, I had this talk about, I, I saw this and I realized that was not who I was. Mm -hmm. Now that transition uh, for some people is a huge transition, sometimes takes a lifetime to do it. Mm -hmm. So when we come back after the break, <laughs> I want to hear a little bit from you about, how you made that transition that may have seemed so natural for you that you may have not even thought about it. It's like, mm. like clear as water for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I would love to hear from that because I think some people, including myself <laughs> have worked through it. I was like, huh, I wonder how he did that. Mm. And then how you translate that into building relationship and teamwork and connected teamwork around you. We're talking to Robert Washington currently a senior leader at Microsoft and also father of six. I have to keep saying that because it's part of this whole story about relatedness and relationship, which he lives. So happy to be here with you too, Robert. Uh, we're going to take a break now. We'll be back in a few seconds. You are listening to the Connected Teamwork podcast by Growth Leaders Network. Do you want to learn more about building the next level of connectedness in your team? Please contact Growth Leaders Network on LinkedIn. And now, back to the show. So, yeah, Robert, how did you make that transition? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, ooh, wow. Wow. So, after the book, and this, this is going to resonate with a lot of folks. So, after the book, I was on this path. 
And um, what I did know, what I did know that this is an ongoing process that needs to happen every day, over and over and over and over and over again. Like this, this, this self-mastery, it happens every day, all day. Like we're always in a position of mastering ourselves, mastering our emotions. And we have to practice this. This is a part of who we are. And so um, I worked at a, a Fortune 100 company at the time. And at the time I was going to grad school full time. I was working full time. I was competing as a professional mixed martial arts full time. And I also had you know, a family of five. I got to a point where I had got two master's degrees and I was pushing so hard, pushing so hard at work, at home, at my professional career. And I got to a breaking point. I got to a breaking point because I continued to, I was applying for all these jobs at work and I would continue to get denied. And uh, I didn't know why. I didn't know why. And so it broke me. And this is the first time you're talking about uh, a 30, I think at the time I was 31, 31 years old, I'm 40 now, 31, 32 year old man. Uh, I fought professionally. I was in the military, I joined the military right after 9 11. I was born in one of the toughest environments in America. My, my stepdaddy was a drug dealer. This is the first time I was broken. And it broke me to the point where I was like, wow, I, I really need to go and get some help. So let's and pause so that for a second. Pause that for a second. You grew up with stepdad drug dealer in a very poor area. Mm -hmm. And that didn't break you. Mm -mm. But it was when you were at this place of two master's degrees, five kids looking for a job and a full-time yeah. uh, professional uh, artist in martial arts this is the point where you broke so say more about well, that I, I think i think it brought corporate america at the moment brought everything out of me everything that i was suppressing yeah. right and so me pushing so hard for a job opportunity it was one job that i applied for and i did everything right right for this job and i was just like i just want to take care of my family i just want to provide you know i have two master's degrees i can't make fifty thousand dollars a year I, I got to provide for my family and I was pushing so hard. And uh, I remember going in, I did like four interviews over like two months and uh, I did everything right. Got my resume professionally written. And then I got back to their hiring manager and say, they said, Robert, we didn't get you, we didn't give you the job. And so this is four months of interview. And, and I had applied for about 300 other jobs, also interviewed for a lot more jobs, but this one job I really wanted. And I was like, okay, why didn't I get the job? They said, Robert, you had a grammatical error on your resume. So, okay, I had a grammatical error on my resume. And so that was their excuse for not giving me the job. So that moment, I just felt like, wow, I got my resume professionally written and I didn't, um, I didn't get the job. So I became a victim to that situation and it affected me. So I kind of broke down a little bit and uh, I said, I'm, I'm gonna go get some therapy. So I, I, I self-admitted myself to this. I, I broke down like everything from the military, everything, childhood, everything just came to fruition. And this is my journey, right? No, by no means did any person walk this journey. This is my journey. So I, I, I self-admitted myself to an intensive outpatient mental health treatment facility. Cause I was like, man, I have to, I have to work on me, right? I need some space away from me, from away from job, corporate America to work on me. When I walked in the room, Helka, I sat down 
and there was a CEO next to me of a of a, a Fortune 200 company. There was a full-time working mother that was sitting across from me, and there was a disabled military vet that was sitting inside of me. And one thing I learned that mental health does not discriminate at all. And these all these people was all in the same journey of being putting themselves in a quiet place to block out all the noise, everything that was going around to work on them. Mm. And I share that with you all because that was a critical step in me just getting away from the noise, the pressure of being a father, the pressure of providing, the pressure of being a minority in America. Like it was just a, a quiet place that I could go every day. And I have a, a document full of like things that I wrote down, notes that I've taken. And I was just really just able to work on me, blocking out any noise, any distraction. Dad, I need this, dad, I need that. It was just about me. And in that moment, that's when I did the deep self-reflection work. Like there's layers of self-reflection, right? So the first layer was just writing a book. The second layer was practical. Like what practical concepts that I can add into my life that would transcend just becoming a better person, but how so impact everything that was around me. Right. So I went to the deep core and I, I honestly believe that people, depending on what journey, you don't have to go deep like me. I went to a, a very sometimes dark place because I wanted to be that. I wanted to be a better person. But when I, I found that, I found my peace. I found my purpose. I found my passion. I spent there. I was there for 16 weeks, hmm. six weeks of intensive outpatient mental health treatment. And I learned so much in that time. There's no school, there's no college, there's no university. There's no, there's nothing else that can teach me more about myself than that place of peace. So I see all that to say this. We, I don't believe you have to go there, but I do think we need to create that, that place of peace, the place of serenity, that place of, of meditation in our daily lives every single day. So we don't get to the point where Life just happens to and we break. When we have to do so much to mitigate the risk of being in that breaking point. And I was there. And because I was there, I can share the story. I made it through it to share the story. So the work that I've done to be the person I've done, it was scary. Like, this wasn't easy at all, by no means. But when I say the return on investment is 10 times. Because now I can honestly say, Hilka, I didn't skip a step. I'm doing everything the right way, as best as I can. So when I leave this earth, I'm leaving a happy person, right? Beautiful. That's beautiful. I particularly resonated with you saying that you have to touch that place of peace and serenity within yourself, and you have to make space for that. Because when you're there, then you're no longer a victim to everything mm. that happens. That's yeah. the place from which you can connect. Exactly. And exactly. I'm interpreting that you did some cleaning, internal cleaning, letting go of some old stuff, mm -hmm. beliefs, thoughts, emotional patterns that no longer serve you, that were getting in the way of that. So you could actually be at that place of peace yeah. and serenity. So how does Robert bring peace and serenity to working as a sales leader today how does that work in the teams or creating connection with others how does that work because the people around you probably don't always have that to the extent that you have or maybe they do i don't know tell me about that 
Yeah. So I think number one is knowing your subconscious programming. Like, so for me, I always say this term like pullback. When I say pullback, when you pull back, you create space between you, your thoughts, your feelings, and your emotions. You get an outside perspective. So you're able to look down on everything and see it from a outside perspective. And a beautiful thing about that is like you still you don't react to things that's thrown at you, right? So every day I'm pulling myself out of the box and I'm looking at things from an outside perspective. And also, and, and the, the one thing that I, 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 I really wanted to understand is like, for me, I wanted to make sure that I was not my past, right? And so when I say I was subconsciously programmed to be a certain person, I feel like that's not me. That's my program. So I create a space between me and my program, and then I can be my authentic self. And I think we have to really under differentiate what was thrust upon us into what we are. Because I'm not my parents' thoughts. I'm not my 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 friends, my, my friends' thoughts. I am Robert. But in order to do that, I have to create that. I have to I'm constantly pulling myself back. I, I say pull back and creating space between the things and I'm challenging my own thoughts all the time. So that's a that's a daily routine that I do. And I think hopefully I get to the point where I'm in a I'm in a position where I can master my thoughts and my emotions, but not just at home. I mean not just at work. At home I do it. I coach flag football, same thing. When the parents come to me and say, why my kids haven't played flag football? Like I have to make sure I don't respond back in an emotional way, right? So these mm -hmm. the, the we, I think the amount of information that's thrown at us in life, we're just reacting to everything. So I'm constantly creating space between my, myself and my thoughts. I'm constantly, what I like to say, meditating in the moment to really understand like what's really being said. Try to get an outside perspective of everything and really take in these diverse perspectives. Be like an open book. Be a student to life. Like sit down with your, you know, when we were children, we sat, sat down with the kids in, 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 in class, Indian style, and like be a student. So every day I'm trying to be a student, not only to life, but to other people. Because I do believe that when you understand a person, it's really hard for you not to like them. So my job is not to be a professor. My job is to be a student to you, Helco. My job is to be a student to my kids. My job is to be a student to my wife. My job is to be a student to my manager. And once I'm a student to just life itself, then I just become a constant growth. I'm always learning. I'm always learning about other people. So that's kind of how it infused me is the energy of just learning and seeking to understand each and every person that's connected to me in life. So we connect and you connect by being a student, first of all, to yourself and your thoughts and pulling back and also being a student to everyone around you. Because as you say, when I'm a student, to everyone around me, I can't help but appreciate them and exactly. connect with them. Because exactly. you know, you know people. When, when you know, when you know a person, when you understand a person, it's hard for you not to like a person. Hmm. And so, it takes so much work to take that deeper understanding, and it takes time. It takes relationships, intensive, hmm. intentional relationships. You have to work on this relationship. You have to hmm. actively go out and reach out to the person spark up conversations, listen to different information to build new neurons in your in your brain to connect with that person on a mental, spiritual, whatever level it might, neuroscience type level. But it takes intentionality 
of building relationships with other person, connecting with yourself to be that person you want to be and to be the most authentic person that we we should. I think everybody should experience before they die being the most authentic version of themselves. It's becoming quieter for a second. Everybody should experience before they die being the most authentic version of themselves, pulling back from that conditioned, borrowed thinking. That's not us. Uh, and not letting our past become the present and who we are and being a student of what we actually are and of others, which then leads us to not being able to help liking others, mm. appreciating them, loving them and building relationship, being intentionally in relationship with each other. So many helpful tips here, Robert, in, in what you're saying. We're getting, unfortunately for me, uh, and for our listeners already to the end of our conversation, okay. because this is a delightful conversation. What's a practical tip that you like to leave for teams to practice this, what we've been talking about, maybe about being a student to each other to build connectedness? What is something that you practice with your team that's practical that people can take away as they thinking about, as we're thinking about what you've been saying today? One tactical thing you can do right now and it's so tactical it might sound cliche or whatever whatever you want to become start programming your subconscious right now so for me i was born and probably raised in a very bad neighborhood from a child i subconsciously programmed my mind with positive information every morning that's a part of me studying. I look back as far as a child, I listened to motivation lectures and read books early morning, even as, as a teenager. Uh, a lot of that because I was into sports and that was part of me waking up. Like, So like one tactical thing you can do, the person you wanna become, start filling your brain with that information every single day. Create a habit, a ritual, of filling your brain with that information. Start building those neuron connectors in your brain so you can start to connect with everything in the world and start manifesting the person you are. So my my goal and anything I do is I want to be the person now that I want to become. And that's a tactical step. Start listening, start putting information in your head to be that person you want to become in the future, whether it's a better wife, a better husband, a better employee, a sales leader, Start positioning yourself as you that person right now. Manifest who you want to be right now. Thank you. Be who you want to become and be that now. Exactly. Thank you so much, Robert. I feel your energy and how that's in your bones, which is also why, from my perspective, you're able to transmit this so well and eloquent. Thank you so much, uh, Robert, for your time today and you're sharing your wisdom. One thing that I'm taking away for me uh, today is do not become your past. Mm. Do not become your past. Allow yourself mm. the privilege of being who you truly are and share mm. that with the world. Exactly. Thank you so much for yeah. listening, everyone, to Connected Teamwork podcast today. And I will see you next time, Monday at noon at Pacific time. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Connected Teamwork podcast by Growth Leaders Network. Take a moment to reflect on what you learned today that can help build your team. 
Also, if you like, think about one of your team members and what you appreciate about them. Let them know. Enjoy connecting more deeply to what is great about them. And see you next time at the Connected Teamwork Podcast.